Hey, my name is Jason Byler. I'm the pastor of Life Change Church. Thank you so much for checking out our podcasts. I believe that if you'll listen to them, uh, that you will be blessed. Mark 4 tells us that the Word of God uh, planted down inside of our hearts uh, can bring forth a rich, beautiful, abundant harvest in our lives. This is my desire uh, for you. Uh, so as you listen to the Word, just receive it. Let it get down in your heart and bring forth a harvest. Thank you so much again for listening. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. Uh, bless him, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, uh, praise the Lord. Um, we do have uh, youth. Uh, are, are we having youth on Wednesday night? Yes, youth on Wednesday night. Uh, and, then, and then Friday, um, they're coming together uh, for the, for the fi- final of, uh, uh, of the Among Us series and are going to have a really great time. That's going to start uh, at 7. Uh, so all the youth come uh, and... Um, and uh, any, uh, any youthful adults who really want to have a great time, are they welcome to? Can, possibly, yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We'll do that at, uh, at 7. Joy and I will be online um, Wednesday night, so, so check that out. Like it. Uh, share it. Uh, um, it was encouraging as I was, I was at the minister's retreat, uh, several ministers come up and said that they, they watch every Wednesday and, uh, and check out what we're doing and that they've been blessed by it and encouraged, so that was encouraging. Uh, so maybe it would bless you or somebody else uh, as well. Um, so those are our uh, announcements. Uh, again, um, thank you for praying for Jude, and that's where, that's where Joy and, and Jude are. They're at home uh, watching online. Uh, we... We started this series, um, the Bible tells me uh, so, a couple Sundays ago, and, and, it, and it's kind of off of that, uh, you know, beautiful old uh, Sunday school song that we would sing, uh, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Elizabeth and I were talking the other day, and she said I, I should have named it uh, Sunday school songs. Uh, that would have been pretty good pretty good one. So we may do that in the future, and then we could bring in all kinds of, because so, there are some good ones, uh, right? Like, uh, like the B-I-B-L-E, uh, yes, that's the book for me. Um, and, and that is, a, I, I think, a declaration that we need, uh, that we need it to make, that needs to be down in our hearts. You know, there's, to, to the writing of books, there is no end. And, and you can read and read and read and never come to an end. And to, to philosophies and, and ideas, uh, there is no end, and you can search them out, uh, but none of those things are the book for me. Uh, the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. It's the only one that is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my bath, uh, a sharp double-edged sword in my hand. It's the only one that's going to help me to be victorious over uh, the enemy. It happens to be uh, the one uh, that, uh, that Jesus uh, harnessed uh, to, uh, to defeat the temptation of the enemy that came against his life, the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. Uh, so maybe we'll, we will do that uh, Sunday school song series uh, here in the future, and we can, we can, I don't know, we'll see how the Lord uh, leads. But I, I love this song because it, it just makes this, uh, just brings us so much help 
and, and truth in just a, a short little sentence. There's, there's a doctrinal statement that is made, you know, Jesus loves me, and, uh, and, and then there is, that, that's questioned, you know, and I think that when we, when we make statements, uh, that, uh, that a lot of times those things are going to be uh, questioned, and, 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 you know, us loving Jesus, you know, that may stir up questions in people to say, well, well, how do you know? Well, well, why? How do you, how can you explain that? And a, a great place to start, I mean, there's a, there's a lot more to it than this, but, but really it does come down to this. I know that Jesus loves me because the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me. How do you know? I know because the Bible tells me so. So, so when we uh, make doctrinal statements, uh, and, and, and whether we're saying what we be, you know, what doctrine is, is, is our beliefs, and, you know, a lot of times that's, it's, it's thought of more as, as corporate or a church or a business, what is their doctrine, but, but it's also an individual thing. We all have a doctrine that, that is what we hold to as true, that is what we believe, and when we make those statements, the Bible tells us that we've got to be able to give an answer for them. And the answer that we need to be able to give is, is well, the Bible tells me so. And, and I, I hear a lot of uh, doctrinal statements uh, from believers, from Christians, but I, but I don't often hear this uh, to go along with it. Well, the Bible uh, tells me uh, so. Uh, and, 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 and if you're making doctrinal statements and building your life on what you believe, uh, then you really need to make sure that you can support it and back it with the Word of God. Now, we, uh, we got into um, 2 Timothy uh, chapter, chapters 3 and 4, and I want to go back into that uh, again this morning because that gets us, uh, gets our, gets us I, I hope, thinking all on the same page and, and gets us pointed uh, in the right direction. If you remember in 2 Timothy uh, 3, which is, you know, which Paul, which is Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, uh, writing letters uh, to, to the pastor, uh, bishop, uh, young man uh, who, is, who is Timothy, is, is a pastor uh, of, of a church, and, and the, the leader, the bishop, if you will, over, over many uh, churches. And so he's, he's speaking to Timothy about church and also about um, uh, how Timothy needs to, needs to live and think and, and be as a, as a pastor, uh, leader of the church, uh, himself and and in the beginning of chapter three, uh, if you remember, uh, Paul says that Paul says that he 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 addresses what the rest of what he's going to say as as these are things that are going to happen in the last days. This is what the end times are going to look like. This is what the last days are going to look like. And if and if you read down through that, it it's looking in our days a lot like what Paul says these times are going to look like. But just to save time, we'll just go to verse 4. We'll just read 4 and four and 5 uh, here. So we're kind of jumping into this. You can go back and read that again. But treacherous, rash, uh, conceited, uh, lovers of, pl- of pleasure rather than uh, lovers of God. So we can see 
you know, at least one of those that there's, especially in our culture, there's this great love of pleasure that seems to even outweigh love for God. And then there's this interesting verse here in verse 5. It says, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. So, so there's a, he says there's going to be a deceptiveness that comes uh, that is going to be believed, uh, that, that there's going to be, uh, among many people, uh, they're going to have a form of godliness, but are going to deny its, its power. So there's going to be uh, uh, false doctrine, false uh, teaching that is deceptive. It's going to look good in its, in its form, in its, in its shape. When you, when you look at it, you might think, wow, that's got to be right. Wow, that's got to be good. And this really goes along uh, with what Jesus says in Matthew seven fifteen. You remember he talks about that false prophets are going to come. And how does he say they're going to come? He said they're going to they're come in what? Sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are, they are vicious uh, ferocious uh, wolves. So, so they're going to come in a different form than they actually are. They're, they're actually wolves, but they're going to come uh, in the form of a sheep, right? Because sheep, man, that's a godly looking thing. You know, right there, nobody's going to oppose that. Everybody's going to be like, oh, yay, little sheep, let me pet it, right? But, but inwardly, they're not sheep. Inwardly, there is a destructive wolf, and I think one of the one of the things that we need to think about when we think about doctrine is that is that if if doctrine is false and 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 we believe it and it's deceptive but we believe it because it may look good and have a form but it's but it's not right it's not true it, it's false I think one of the problems with like sound doctrine is is people think well it's no big deal you know you believe what you believe I believe what I believe uh, no big deal if you believe wrong no big deal if I believe wrong well well that's not right Jesus said Jesus said that there's this form of sheep but inwardly there's a vicious ferocious wolf that that destroys and devours and kills so false doctrine very destructive so so what does Paul say here to Timothy he says he says don't have anything to do with such people this is, this is not a connection that we, that we want to have. Uh, these that believe uh, in, in something that has a form of godliness, but inwardly is something, something different, something completely uh, false and, and wrong. So uh, he continues to speak to Timothy uh, about this, and, and we'll jump into it in verse 14. Again, just try to save a little bit of time here, pick this up. Uh, in, in verse 14, as Paul uh, continues to give wonderful, life-giving instruction uh, to Timothy. Uh, and and uh, you, you see that's 2 Timothy 3, uh, 14. So right now we are looking at what the Bible says. This is, this is stuff that the Bible tells us so. Uh, but as for you, you know, so speaking right to him that, that something should be a little bit different about Timothy, that he should live a little bit different. But as for you, continue 
in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. This is such an interesting uh, passage of Scripture right here uh, as Timothy is told to continue in what he's learned and that, and that what has happened is that what he has learned he has become convinced of and one of the main reasons that he's convinced of it is because, is because of those who he has learned it from because he knows those from whom uh, he's learned this. So just remember that, uh, hold, hold on to that, that Timothy uh, is learning and <coughs> and uh, and he knows those from whom he has learned it. Uh, verse 15. And how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures. So here comes the the word of God uh, into the into the equation, uh, the holy scriptures that he's known uh, from from just a child and these scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So if we are in the Holy Scriptures, in the Word of God, and those are in us, then then what's happening is the Word of God is making us wise in Christ Jesus. 16. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching. You just kind of got to pause right there and, and, and read that again. I, I, know you, I know you all know this, but just be reminded that all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Right? So, so, so why do I believe that Jesus loves me? Because the Bible tells me so. And I believe in the Word of God because I know that it is God-breathed. That this is God's book. That it is a miracle gift from Him to us. And that it will make me wise. That it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Continuing on. So that the servant of God, so that the men and women and children of God uh, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, so the Holy Scriptures, uh, the Word of God, is, is to be taught uh, so that, and, and learned and understood uh, so that the people of God, the servants of God, will be, will be thoroughly equipped for every good work that we will be that we will that we will have what we need to have that we will be equipped with what we need to be equipped for the good works that God has called us to how many of you know that that you are called of God to good works that you are called of God to be a part of the body of Christ, a thoroughly equipped part of the body of Christ to do the good works which God prepared in advance for you to do. You know, it's Ephesians 2.10, that, that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So, so now he continues on into, uh, into 2 Timothy 4, verse 1. 
in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of His appearing and His kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the Word. He gives Timothy this charge to preach the Word of God, to proclaim the Word of God of God. Be prepared in season and out of season. So he's, he's got to be ready you know, to preach when he's not ready to preach. He's got to be prepared to preach when, when he didn't come to the meeting prepared to preach. He's got to be ready to preach at any given moment, at any, at any given time, in season and out of season. You know, this is, this is, this is uh, instruction to Timothy, a pastor and a bishop. He is, he's, he's, he's to preach the Word. He's to be prepared to preach in season and out of season, uh, to correct, uh, to rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful uh, instruction. Uh, so, so Timothy is, is, uh, is to correct, uh, he's to rebuke if he needs to, uh, he's certainly uh, to encourage, and he's to do all of that uh, with, with, with uh, care, with wisdom, uh, uh, with great instruction. Now, now Paul continues to talk to Timothy, and, and it kind of gets back into this end times thing again. Verse 3, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want uh, to hear. Verse 4, they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. So, that, so they're, they're not going to put up with sound doctrine. Uh, not, not only will they, they're, they're not just going to allow, they're not just going to not want sound doctrine, they're going to want to not allow it, to not put up with sound doctrine, and they're going to gather around themselves teachers that will tell them what they want to hear, what their desires want, what their ears want, and, and you see this, they'll turn away from the truth and turn aside uh, to, uh, to miss. Verse 5. Did I put five up there? No, that's good. Let's, let's stop right there. They'll turn aside uh, to, uh, to miss. So there's, so there's this mentioning of, of sound doctrine here, and that a time's coming when sound doctrine is not going to be highly valued, if you will. It's not going to be very important. Actually, not only not going to be very important, but actual sound doctrine will be opposed. And what will take place instead is, is that there will be a turning aside to miss and, and false things. And in order for people who turn aside to these things to feel good about their doctrine, they'll gather around themselves people who will, great many teachers and people who will, who will tell them what their itching ears want to hear, who will tell them not, not what is true, but will tell them that the myths and deceptions and, and false ideas that they have are, are okay, that those things are, are right. So, what uh, Timothy uh, is, is warned of here uh, is to make sure that this doesn't take place uh, in his life, uh, that he is, 
that he is not one of those who opposes sound doctrine, one of those who, who turns away from the truth and turns aside to miss, one of those who, who gathers around himself many people to tell him what his ears want to hear, but, but in the process pushes away from himself those who actually tell him what he actually needs to hear, that he is to have sound doctrine. So, I'd like to take uh, some time and, and look at sound doctrine. And, and I think that there's, there's two passages, there's a lot of scripture really, but let's look at two that, that really give us some, uh, some help uh, when it comes to this, to this idea of doctrine, really give us some uh, instruction on this doctrine. And they are, and and uh, and and one of them here is is First Timothy four, uh, sixteen, uh, which uh, again, you know, Paul talking to Timothy, he says this. This is this is so powerful. He says, "Watch your life and your doctrine closely." So so you are to Timothy, you are to watch over the way that you live, and you are to watch over what you believe. It's basically just two things, right? It's what you believe and how you live. And then he tells them to persevere in them, persevere in, in doctrine, in, in sound doctrine, and in sound living. Because This is so powerful. Look at this. He says, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So he really elevates the importance of sound doctrine in our lives, reminding us of, of what wisdom understands, that we are connected and others are affected by not only how we live, but also what we believe. That, that our lives are making a sound that other people are hearing and influenced by. That our doctrine, our believing, makes a sound that others are hearing and are influenced by. And if we will watch over the way that we live, and we'll watch over the doctrine that we believe, and we'll make sure that my life is true, my living is true, and my doctrine is sound, and my doctrine is true, and we will persevere in them, and I think, you know, if you've lived very long, you understand that, that it takes perseverance because the enemy doesn't give up on these things. If we'll persevere in them, that something powerful is going to take place, that not only will we save ourselves, but we will save those that are influenced by us as well. We will save our hearers as well. Now, now you got to understand here, or, or, or at least entertain the thought that the opposite could happen as well if we don't watch over our living and our doctrine. If, if we don't have sound living and sound doctrine, we need to recognize that our, our life and our doctrine is still making a sound that influences the lives of others. So, so instead of saving them, we could lead them to destruction. Right? And what Proverbs says, there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. The end thereof is destruction. And, and we don't wander down that way by ourselves without having an effect on anyone at all. If, if, if we're headed in the way of destruction, what you've got to know is you are influencing and moving others down that path as well. 
You are leading others astray. Especially the more visible you become, the more influence you have. That's why Scripture says, if you want to be a teacher or a preacher, you ought to be careful. Because when you become a teacher or preacher, you know, that's James, you become a teacher, you become a preacher, you have influence. And you can lead people astray. You can lead them down a wrong path, down a path towards destruction. So, you know, this really speaks to to pastors, to preachers, uh, to, to teachers like Timothy was, but, but, but to everyone who has influence, and all of us do, especially parents. I mean, who has more influence in our lives than our moms and our dads? We've got to watch over our life. We've got to watch over our doctrine uh, closely. Now, uh, another scripture uh, that speaks to this is 1 Peter. 1 Peter 3, uh, 13 through 15. Let me, let me read these as well. But in keeping... With his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Is that 1 Peter? It seems like. Did I give you 1 Peter or 2 Peter? That's 2 Peter right there. I need 1 Peter. Sorry. That sounds like 2 Peter. Um, This is going to... 1 Peter is going to tell us uh, here, a passage of Scripture that you probably know, uh, that um, that we are to are to be able to give an answer for the hope that lies within us. That we are to be able to give an answer for our doctrine. Uh, here we go. Uh, sorry about that, guys. Uh, who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? I'm just going to read down through this quickly here. But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. 15. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Do this with great gentleness and respect. So, we've, so, so what he's saying here is you've always got to be prepared. You've always got to be ready to answer the question, you know, Jesus loves me. Well, how do you know? Well, the Bible tells me so. And, and you really, you need to be more prepared than just saying, well, the Bible tells me so. You need to be able to tell in the Word of God, where the Bible tells you. So you need to be able and prepared to give an answer for the hope that is within you. So, so put Christ in your heart as Lord and always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have, to give an answer for what you believe. So, so your life and your doctrine your, your beliefs are, are making a sound that is affecting the lives of others, and you are to watch over your doctrine to make sure it's sound, and you are to watch over your living, and not only that, but you are not only to watch over it, but you're, but you're to be prepared to answer for it. You're to be prepared to defend it. 
You are to be prepared to say, this is what I believe. This is why I believe it. This is true, and this is why it is true. So, so I think that we see from these two passages of Scripture that we are to, that we are to put effort and work into our doctrine to make sure that it is sound and that we can answer for it. I'm to do this for, for me, and you are to do this for you. It, it is up to you to watch over your doctrine to make sure that it is sound. And, and it's not sound just because it's yours. I think that's like the idea, right? It's my doctrine, so it's sound doctrine. It's, that's not true. That's not, that's not what makes it sound. It's not sound just because it's yours. You say, well, well, I really believe it. Well, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you really believe it or not. It doesn't matter if you really want it to be true. And you say, well, there are, there are so many people who believe this way. There are so many people who support this. Well, isn't that exactly what he said in Timothy? That they'll gather around themselves a small number? No, he says they'll gather around themselves a great number of teachers to tell them what their itching ears want to hear. It doesn't matter if there's a great number of people around you. It doesn't matter if you really believe it. That, that doesn't make it sound doctrine. You've got you've to make sure that your doctrine isn't just your doctrine, but that your doctrine is your doctrine because it's sound doctrine. So I think we need, to, we need to think about how can I watch over my doctrine and how can I be prepared to give an answer for my doctrine. I, I, know, I know like you talk about doctrine like it seems like so boring, but it is not. It's so, so important, right? Because because when we watch over our doctrine and we make sure it is sound, not only do we save who? Ourselves. But we're saving others as well. One of the most destructive things to the church and to people and to family is false doctrine. One of the most divisive things to marriage and, and family and church and our country is, is false doctrine. What is the thing that's got us divided right now as a nation? It's differing doctrine. I mean, you, you can almost point it out. You can call it a whole bunch of things, but, but there, there's, there's believing and there's differing believing. There's believing and there's different believing. Somebody's not right. I know that's a radical idea. Right? But not everybody can be right. Like if, 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 if we completely disagree on something, somebody's wrong. Or, or both of them are. I don't know. But not everyone can be right, right? I mean, there is, this is crazy, right? There is truth. That's an interesting thing taking place in our culture right now. All of a sudden, there's absolute truth again. Do you, you notice that? I don't agree with it, but I'm thankful for it. All of a sudden, it's science. Science has now become the absolute truth, which I'm thankful that everybody now is agreeing that there is absolute truth. We, we are at least believing that. I heard a, an atheist uh, talking the other day, and he 
And his argument against for science and against religion was this. He said, if you take all the religious books and you destroyed them, he said, a thousand years from now, they'd be gone. They wouldn't come back. But he said, if you took all the, the science books and you destroyed those, he said, a thousand years from now, they'd be back. Because it's true and it's going to return. It's going to become, it's gonna, I mean, he's just describing absolute truth. Right? Because what's true is true no matter where you are or who you are or what time you're in. He just, he just described it. I disagree with him in what he said, but, but he did describe absolute truth and that he believes in absolute truth. And then he talked about believing in evolution, which science actually disproves. Evolution actually goes against science. Did you know that? I'm wandering around here. Let me get focus back. There is absolute truth. And our, our lives, we need to discover it, we need to know it, we need to, we need to build it, and we need to watch over our doctrine and make sure that it is sound. It, it's, it's, it's something someday that you're going to be held accountable for when you stand before the Lord. I am, I am called of God as a preacher to to teach sound doctrine, and to rebuke those who don't. And, and if I do that, then I stand before God in a good place. But if you reject it and, and, and you don't embrace it, then you got to stand before God and give an account for that. So you know, maybe one of the good ways that we can, that we can watch over doctrine in our lives and, and, and build sound doctrine into our lives is to is to ask questions. Uh, so, so this morning, let's ask, ask this question. I'm, I'm not saying maybe this is the first question that we should ask, but it's, but it's pointed out uh, very clearly uh, in 2 Timothy 4. Uh, and, uh, and I think this is where many people kind of make a mistake. And I, and I may have to, we may have to two-part this. Um, it's already getting late. But here's a question you need to ask of yourself when it comes to watching over your doctrine. And it's this question, who am I listening to? And who am I not listening to? You know, whether we like it or not, there are those in our lives that are impacting us and influencing what we believe. And, and for, for whatever reason, God has chosen, when it comes to, to doctrine, for a major part of the building of sound doctrine within us to, to come from the teaching and preaching of, of those who have been called by Him to teach and preach, and to come from, from those in our lives who have been placed there uh, to, uh, to build us up and to train us up in the way that we should go, like, like parents. So, so you really need to ask yourself the question, when it comes to doctrine, who am I listening to? What is it, what is it that he said about those who are, who are rejecting sound doctrine? What do they do? They gather around themselves a great number to tell them what they want to hear. 
So they're gathering around them those that tell them what they want to hear, and they're pushing out of their lives those that tell them what they don't want to hear. So you ask yourself, you know, who am I, who am I listening to? Is it, is it those who tell me what I want to hear? Am I, am I gathering them around me or, and, and, and pushing out the one or two people that I know will tell me what I need to hear? Or, or, or am I pushing out all those voices that I know I don't need to hear and gathering around me the, the one or two people in my life that I, that I do need to listen to, that I do need to hear? So, so, so one of these people, I just want to point out for you, that I, that I think you need in your lives, you, you need in your life to help you watch over sound doctrine and to build sound doctrine into your life is, I, w- I would describe as the, as the local church pastor. Everyone needs a local church pastor in their lives to help them watch over their doctrine. I say, I say this because I think that the Bible tells us that, that Jesus gave gifts to the church. And those gifts, their main ability, their main gifting, th- those gifts are, 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 are men who have been gifted, are, are people who have been gifted with the ability to equip the people of God, and to train them up in the way that they should go. I, I, I say local church uh, pastor because, it's, because local church pastor means that there's someone that you can look into their life and watch the way that they are living. I'm not against you know, people on TV and on the radio and, and all, that, all that. The only trouble is the distance. You, you don't know them. You don't see them. You don't know the way that they are living. What is it that Jesus said in, in Matthew 7 about the, the sheep in wolves' clothing? He said, how will you recognize them? He said, you recognize them by their fruit. You're able to look into their lives. I want to read for you Ephesians, Ephesians 4. I'm just going to drop in here. Let's drop in there at like verse, verse 8. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took captives and gave gifts to his people. Talking about Jesus. Verse 9. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. So, so Jesus gives these giftings as gifts uh, to, the, to the church to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. You see how it lines up with, with what we've already read in Timothy, verse 13. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness 
of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, listen to that, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people, of people in their deceitful uh, scheming. So, so Jesus has given gifts to the church of the apostle, uh, prophet, evangelist, pastor, uh, teacher uh, to, to preach and teach and, and, and rebuke and correct and instruct in the area of sound doctrine so that the people of God would be, would be well equipped for the good works that, that the Lord has called them to. And then they'll, they'll be mature and no longer infants. And what happens then? They're not blown around by every false teaching that comes along. They're not believing every false thing that is proclaimed. They're not, they're not gravitating toward this idea. And then when that changes, they're gravitating toward this idea. And then when that changes, they're gravitating towards this idea. They are, they are called, they, these gifts are called of God to, to, to build sound doctrine, to bring people to maturity so that they are, so that they are able to, to stand and not be moved by every deception that comes along. So who are you listening to? Are, are, are you listening to, to every wind of teaching that is, that is blowing through our culture? Will you listen to every wind of teaching that is blowing through our, our culture? That's going to blow you around so that, so that you never ever are, are able to do the things that God has called you to do. Or, or, or are you listening to, to some, a few called of God people in your life who, who you can look into their life like, and, and, and you know, and there's a whole list that we'll get to and that we'll read, not today, of, of ways to recognize these who are, who are called of God, who, whom you need to listen to and not push out of your life. Or, or are you just listening to the wind as it blows and believing whatever the wind uh, carries along? So, so then what happens is this. In, instead of being blown around by every, by every wind of teaching, the people of God, the body of Christ, are instead... Don't you like that word instead? Instead of being blown here and there... Instead, they're doing something else. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm kind of bothered by this and, and passionate about it because, because instead of what we're about to read, uh, I see a large number of the church just being blown around by every wind of, of, of teaching that comes along. Just being blown here and blown there, and, and not by the Holy Spirit, but by every, every wind of teaching. And, and instead of that, we should be doing this, speaking the truth in love. We will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of Him who is the head that is Christ. Verse 16. For in Him, Jesus Christ, the whole body joined and held together. See what happens? We're together. Why are we together? Because That's what sound doctrine does. 
False doctrine divides. Sound true doctrine, it unites. It brings us together. We become a people of one heart, a people of one mind. Right? If we are all being taught by the same Holy Spirit from the, from the same Word of God, by the same gifts of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, shouldn't we have like doctrine? Shouldn't we have like doctrine so that we are together? From Him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. All of us, all of us united, all of us uh, together, uh, building, built up and, and building up the, the body of Christ, the church grows up in love as each part does its work. It, it, it's, it's, it's the church begins to, to grow and to shift and to change the environment around it because it is a united church together with one heart, one mind, believing the same thing, coming together in maturity, not tossed around by every wind of teaching, grows and builds itself up in love as each part is doing its work. It's it's the same picture that we see at the end of Acts chapter 2, right, where the where the people, the, the first church, where they were devoted. What were they devoted to? First and foremost, this is what it says first. What were they devoted to first? The apostles' teaching. They were devoted to coming together and, and, to, and to being taught and instructed by the apostles. Now, I'm not, I'm not putting the local church pastor or even myself in the category of the apostles, but I am telling you that there are those who are called of God, anointed of God to rightly divide the truth, and you need them in your life. Now, whether it's me for you or not, that's, that's for you to decide. You look in, you decide, does he preach the word? You know, you know, read out the list. We'll read out the list. Is he rightly dividing the word of God? What the opportunity that you do have when it comes to me is you do have the opportunity to know me, to look into my life, to see the way that I live, the way that I act, the way that I talk. That, that's the benefit that you gain from a local church pastor. I love them, by the way. I love them. I love local church pastors because there's a call of God on their life and people get to look close into them and see whether they are a sheep in wolves' clothing or just a sheep. They get to investigate, to look deep inside. It's not the opportunity that we have when we're reading somebody's book or listening to them on the radio or watching them on TV. There is a call of God and anointing on the local church pastor's life to, 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 to help us to grow in sound doctrine. I'm not saying they're all doing it, but you've, but, but you've got the opportunity to look and see and find out. That's the benefit that you have. You can watch their life and check them off with the list in, in like Titus and in, and in Timothy. You can, you can investigate it. You can check it out. You can watch it. Who are we listening to? Acts chapter 2 says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They were, they were together. They were 
united. They were enjoying one another's company. They were growing and building up the church in love. And, and, and don't we love the way the end of Acts chapter 2, the way Acts chapter 2 ends? That the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It's, it's up to you, it's up to you to watch over your doctrine and make sure it's sound. If you do, you're going to save yourself and those who hear you. And this is a series, we're going to work this out a little bit, so we're just starting here. One of the things you need, one of the questions you've got to ask is who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? And who are you not? Are, are, you, are you listening to Hollywood? Are you listening to Disney? Are you listening to, to friends? Who, who are you listening to? Have you gathered around yourself a, a great number of people to tell you what you, what you want to hear, but you know it's not what you need to hear? Or have you turned to a few in your life to tell you what you know you need to hear. There, there's a couple of people in, in my life. I, I turn to my dad a, a lot of times and listen to what he says. And it's, it's not hard to listen to him because I've seen his whole life and his walk matches his talk. His talk matches his walk. I've been watching him for 44 years, and I know it's true. He tells me what the Bible tells, what the Word of God says. Another one I listen to is Bishop Mike. I listen to, I listen to him because I've been watching him for a long time. And his talk and his walk, they line up, they match. There's not hypocrisy in his life. What he has said he is doing. I, I, I remember that he sat me down one time and he told me, he said, Jason, he said, the enemy, you know, he comes to steal. He's going to try to steal some stuff from you. He said a couple of things. I, I won't tell you the whole thing. He said, but let me tell you this. He said, don't ever let the enemy take your joy. He can't have it. Don't give it to him. Don't let him take it. And I heard that. And I heard him preach that. But now I've seen him live it. As he this past year has walked through an incredibly difficult time, every time I've been with him, every time I've called him, even in text messaging him, his joy in the Lord comes out. And I have seen him through incredibly difficult times be filled with the joy of the Lord. What he has preached, he is now practicing. You need some people in your life who you know hear from God. Who you can look deep enough into them to know that their walk and their talk match. And that they're going to tell you what the word of the Lord says. Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the Holy Scriptures, the Word of God. Help us to be people of the Bible who live by what the Bible says. 
Help us to be people who are watching over our doctrine and making sure that it's sound so that we are influencing with that sound everyone else around us and leading them to you and to life and freedom and peace and salvation. Help us to to live in such a way and to believe in such a way that we save not only ourselves, but we save that those uh, who, who are influenced by us. Lord, in doing this, we need sound doctrine. So we pray that you would just help us and build within us sound doctrine. Help us to, to have great wisdom in who we are listening to. Don't, don't ever let us gather around ourselves a great number of people to tell us what we want to hear. But, but always help us push, push those away so that the the one or two or three people that tell us what we need to hear can speak and we'll listen. Help us to get, get men and women in our lives full of the Holy Spirit, full of the Word of God whose, whose talk and walk line up, who will tell us what, what is right and just and true and help us to listen to them. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. With every head bowed and Every eye closed. I just want to ask you this morning if, uh, if you've not given your heart to Jesus, but today you want to make Him your Lord and your Savior, would you just pray with me? Just repeat after me and invite Jesus into your heart as your Savior and your Lord. Make Him your forever passion. Let's pray together. Just repeat after me. Everyone watching online, Just repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, and I open my heart and ask you to come in as my Savior and my Lord. I just declare that I will live for you every day of my life to bring you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen.